This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. Night one of the NFL Draft is in the books, and man, is there a lot to break down and figure out what just happened on night one of the NFL Draft. Let's get right into it. You know, it's been a long night already. You know, the draft, you know, started out a little bit of a a delay in getting started there. The first pick, I don't think, was still close to 820. And, you know, here we are after, you know, midnight and the first round just concluded. You know, earlier tonight, I was privileged and honored to uh, Matt and myself were both privileged and honored to be able to be on the Football Guys live draft coverage. So it was a lot of fun. So if you're fans of the work over there and you should be, you know, Matt and I were on the first hour or so of their live draft coverage. You can find that over at YouTube and it'll also turn into a podcast uh, as well. Uh, just look up Football Guys on YouTube and you can see Matt and I talking with Sigmund Bloom and Matt Waldman for about the first hour of the NFL draft, you know, talking about, you know, Joe Burrow and a lot of the other prospects that were taken early in the draft. So what we're going to do here at Saturday to Sunday over the next couple of days is we're going to have recap pods every single day and every single night of the NFL draft where I go through every single pick, you know, and then just kind of talk about, you know, what happened in night one, you know, a little bit of a fantasy spin, and then also a look ahead to the second day of the NFL draft. So obviously right at the top, you know, no surprise, Bengals with the first pick in the draft, select, you know, Joe Burrow. Again, my thoughts are well known on him. Good size and frame, above average arm talent in terms of velocity and strength. Very good accuracy at all three levels of the field. Good touch, anticipation, good athleticism and mobility, kind of like an Andrew Luck style mobility and athleticism. Great field vision to keep eyes downfield as he extends the play and great pocket presence and decision making. Those, that pocket presence and decision making and his ability to keep eyes downfield are my favorite traits with Joe Burrow. At the second pick, more chalk. The Redskins stayed there after taking some trade offers and select edge rusher Chase Young. Great size and frame, great athleticism, movement skills, quickness, change of direction skills, first step and bend off the edge. Very good to great length, hand usage, power and play strength, good pass rush skills and run support. He's an ideal 4-3 defensive end where you'd be an edge rusher in a 3-4, you know, so... Redskins took the best player available there, even though they have a good pass rush, good front uh, defensive group there. They went with Chase Young, the obvious pick. Then the draft really started at, at pick three, which was the Lions pick, and they selected Jeffrey Akuda, the cornerback out of Ohio State. There was some talk that they were maybe looking to trade out. You know, maybe they were thinking about defensive tackle there, but they ended up taking Akuda, one of the top prospects in this draft class, very good size and frame, good athleticism, movement skills, speed and footwork, great closing speed by Okuda, love his length and recovery skills, very good instincts and techniques, good cover and ball skills, good play strength, can press, shut down corner, one of the top cornerback prospects we've had in quite some time. At pick number four, the Giants also were looking to move down, but nobody was 
looking to get up. And the Giants stood there and took their number one tackle, which was Georgia offensive tackle Andrew Thomas. Good size, above average frame, above average to good athleticism and movement skills, good length, play strength, toughness, instincts, hand usage, and techniques. Can play in any scheme, three-year starter. Probably uh, might start at the right tackle and then move over to left or just start the left tackle and kick Nate Solder over to the right side. Again, he has some issues with, you know, sometimes he's got to be a little bit uh, careful in terms of pass protection, some technique issues that he's got to fix. But all in all, Giants won with the safest uh, and the one with the most experience and the most left tackle uh, experience. So I think that's – he would seem to be a little bit higher in the NFL world than maybe the – draft Twitter community who maybe had him as the third or fourth offensive tackle. It sounds like a lot of teams had him as the top offensive tackle in this draft class. Uh, so the Giants made that selection at number four. At the fifth pick, the Dolphins just stayed where they were. All the smoke screens, they got the guy that we have heard was connected with them for over a year, and they selected quarterback Tua Tungo-Vailoa out of Alabama, Average size and frame, but good athleticism and mobility to extend the play and move around, can play off structure, can throw on the run very well, very good arm talent in terms of velocity and strength. He's got great touch and anticipation, great accuracy to all three levels of the field, good pocket presence, franchise caliber quarterback. If the medicals check out, the Dolphins hit a home run here and they didn't have to give up any other picks in this draft class or in future draft classes to get the quarterback they wanted. At the sixth pick, the Chargers stayed where they were, and I think they got the quarterback they wanted in Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Great size and frame, good athleticism and mobility, very good arm talent in terms of velocity and strength, can make every throw, good accuracy, can extend plays and playoff script, throws a good touch and anticipation. At times, he leaves me wanting a little bit more, but he's got all the traits and tools NFL teams look for. It's why Josh Allen went as high as he did two years ago. It's why Daniel Jones went as high. Yes. Does he got growth and development he's got to do? Yes. Does he got to play with more consistency? Yes. But the Chargers look at it and have a really talented roster. It'll be interesting to see how long of a leash Tyrod Taylor gets there before Justin Herbert takes the reins. At pick number seven, the Carolina Panthers selected defensive tackle out of Auburn, Derek Brown. Great size and frame, good to very good athleticism for a man his size, good quickness and movement skills, quick feet, great play strength, toughness and power, shows the ability to two-gap, great in run support, average to above average pass rush, which many people think that he could you know, improve upon that and become an even more of a factor in the passing game. At pick number eight, the Arizona Cardinals uh, stop the small drop of linebacker slash safety prospect Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. Obviously, great size, good frame, great athleticism, movement skills, quickness, speed, agility, footwork, and range. I think he's got good play strength and instincts and run support, very good cover skills, and versatile to play just about any position. Outside linebacker, inside linebacker, can edge the run, edge from the side, can be a Free safety, can play slot corner, a lot of different things you can do with Isaiah Simmons. At pick number nine, the, the Jaguars, a lot of talk that this was going to be a pick on the move. They stayed and they selected cornerback C.J. Henderson. Good size, good frame, very good to great athleticism, movement skills, change of direction, agility, closing burst and speed. He's got good play strength, good instincts and play recognition, very good cover and ball skills. Shows the ability to press outside cornerback. 
At number 10, the Browns select offensive tackle out of Alabama, Jedrick Wills Jr. Good size and frame, great athleticism on the field, movement skills and lateral quickness, good play strength, power, techniques, and hand usage, great footwork and recoverability, fluid in space on zone runs, nasty demeanor, immediate starter at offensive tackle. It's going to be interesting to see there because they, they went out and made a big splash in free agency to get themselves a right tackle. So now Jedrick Wills, who only played right tackle at Alabama, is going to be asked to slide over to the left side and potentially be their starting left tackle. So that would be interesting to see how that goal goes and see if Wills – and Conklin could be the, the bookends there in terms of protecting Baker Mayfield and getting that Cleveland offense back on track. At pick at number 11, the Jets selected offensive tackle out of Louisville, Makai Becton. Great size and frame, elite length, good to very good athleticism and movement skills for a man his size. He's got great play strength and power. I think he's better in a gap running scheme, but quick enough to get out in zone as well. Highest upside tackle in the draft. Jets needed to upgrade the offensive line in front of Sam Darnold. I think that was a pick that they had to make rather than go for the wide receiver. The Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders at pick 12 select wide receiver out of Alabama. Henry Ruggs the third, while undersized, he's got great athleticism and movement skills. He's got elite game-breaking speed and a vertical threat from the slot or outside. He's got good body control, hands, and ability to adjust. He's got great yak or rack ability uh, with speed, change of direction, and agility. He's a good route runner, and he's tough. This is a guy, even while he's a little undersized, he's willing to go over the middle. He's willing to fight for the balls and go up and get it. So I, Henry Ruggs there. It'll be interesting to see. He doesn't really mesh well with, with Derek Carr and the type of quarterback he is, but Gruden must have some plans there for Ruggs and maybe a future upgrade at the quarterback position down the line. Then the 49ers and Buckers, uh, Buccaneers made a small trade, flip-flopping their picks at 13 and 14, and that was because the Buccaneers wanted to continue a tremendous offseason, and they selected offensive tackle out of Iowa, Tristan Wirfs, good size, great frame, great athleticism for an offensive lineman, movement skills, footwork and lateral quickness, really ideal for his zone scheme, great length, play strength, power and toughness to play in gap scheme also, good techniques and hand usage. Tristan Wirfs basically completes their offseason in terms of, you know, Upgrading the offensive line. They got Tom Brady. They got Rob Gronkowski out of retirement. I expect them to target a running back early tomorrow and really have a, really be set up to make a run there in their division and the, in the NFC. At 14, after the 49ers moved back one pick and, uh, they selected defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw at South Carolina. Great size, you know, uh, Great size and frame, good to very good athleticism, quickness, bursts, and movement skills. He's got great length, first step, hand usage, play strength and power, good versus to run, and has pass rush skills as well. He's a starter with versatility to play defensive tackle in a 4-3 or 5-tech in a 3-4. There was some talk that Kinlow was going to drop a little bit. He did not drop much at all. 49ers basically replaced DeForest Buckner and his massive salary with a controlled five-year contract of Javon Kinlaw uh, and able to use that money from savings of DeForest Buckner in other areas. At pick 15, the Broncos stay where they are and get Alabama wide receiver Jerry Judy, above average size, a little bit of a slender frame, but very good athleticism, movement skills, and speed. Great route runner and separation quickness, very good footwork, yak ability and agility, average play strength, very good body control, wins at all three levels of the field. 
can win inside in the slot or on the outside. At pick number 16, the Atlanta Falcons, who were trying desperately to move up, select cornerback A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. Very good size, average frame, good to very good athleticism, movement skills, footwork and closing speed, great length, average agility and change of direction skills, average ball skills, instincts and play recognition, has press skills, Outside cornerback upgrades the Falcons cornerback depth chart significantly as soon as he uh, steps on the field. At pick number 17, I would say one of the surprise picks of the draft, and that was the Cowboys selecting wide receiver out of Oklahoma, C.D. Lamb. Surprising because of C.D. Lamb falling to pick number 17. He's got good size, average frame, good athleticism and movement skills. He's got great run after the catch ability. Great body control and ball skills. He's got great length with the ability to adjust. He's uh, He's got average route running, good separation quickness, and play strength. He wins at all three levels of the field, and he can play inside or outside as well. So C.D. Lamb, a guy who really stunning to see him there uh, for the Cowboys selection. I think, it was, like I said, one of the more surprising things that we saw uh, you know, on night one of the NFL draft. So it's going to be fascinating to now see that offense, you know, because, you know, they re-signed Amari Cooper, they still have Michael Gallup, and now where does uh, C.D. Lamb kind of fit into that? So I think that's going to be something that's going to be really in- uh, interesting to kind of see. Next up, if we keep this going, at pick 18, the Miami Dolphins, after taking Tua at pick five, select offensive tackle Austin Jackson. Great size, good frame, great length, very good to great athleticism, movement skills and lateral quickness, quick feet for recovery ability, can play in gap or zone scheme, average play strength. A lot of people are down on Austin Jackson. Last year was not his best year, but he was dealing with some family stuff that caused uh, him to not be able to participate in any of the stuff leading up to the season. He just was not himself the whole year. A lot of people in the NFL circles still are very high on him and think his upside is extremely high uh, in this uh, offensive tackle class. At pick 19, I would say the biggest surprise of the first round was the Las Vegas Raiders selecting uh, Damon Arnett out of Ohio State. This is a kid that very talented but had some – uh, maturity or off the off the field type issues that thought maybe his stock was going to fall to the mid to uh, mid second round or so, but he's got good size and frame, average athleticism and movement skills, but he's got good length, instincts and play recognition. He's got good play strength. He's good in run support, physical and coverage. Best better in his own scheme. Uh, starter as a, at outside cornerback or in the slot. So Arnett was an interesting there pick for the Raiders as their first round pick. At pick number 20, the Jacksonville Jaguars select edge rush, edge rusher, uh, Kalevon Chasen. He's got great size, good frame, good to very good athleticism, movement skills, agility, change of direction, first step and bend off the edge. He's got good instincts and pass rush skills, great length, fluid in space, only average play strength. He's got to continue to, uh, add to that. To me, ideal 3-4 edge rusher. So he is basically going to probably replace Yannick uh, Ngakwe. Once they trade Yannick, I would expect by the end of the draft. Uh, so he's going to replace Yannick. 
their earlier pick when they take C.J. Henderson. He was picked to replace Jalen Ramsey, who they traded last year. At pick 21, the Philadelphia Eagles select TCU wide receiver Jalen Rager. Average size, good frame, great athleticism, movement skills, and game-breaking speed. Great run-after-the-catch ability, good play strength, body control, ball skills, and ability to high point. Very good route running and separation quickness. Wins at all three levels of the field. Has that inside-outside versatility as well. I've compared him all year to a guy like uh, Brandon Cooks. I think he, I think that is who he reminds me a little bit, uh, and he's even a little bit more aggressive at the catch point. At pick 22, the Vikings selected wide receiver from LSU, Justin Jefferson. Above average size, average frame, good athleticism and speed, good route runner, showed good yards at the catch ability and separation quickness, very good and fluid footwork and movement skills, great length, good body control and hands and ball skills, shows the ability to adjust, starter capabilities, to play in the slot or at the flanker position. Pick 23, there was a trade. Patriots traded out. Chargers came up, cost them a third-round pick. Uh, Chargers come up and get one of my favorite prospects in the draft, Oklahoma linebacker Kenneth Murray. I love his size, average frame only, but very good athleticism, speed, movement skills, burst, quickness, uh, agility, and sideline-to-sideline range. He's got good length. He's got good cover skills, and he's functional in run support. He's got blitzing skills. He can be a starter at inside linebacker or weak side linebacker. At pick 24, the New Orleans Saints select from Michigan, Cesar Ruiz. Good size and frame, good athleticism, movement skills, uh, and lateral quickness, good hand usage and techniques, good play strength, instincts, and toughness. Can play in gap or zone run scheme. Uh, really solid pick there for the Saints. Uh, at pick 25, the 49ers traded up and selected Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver out of Arizona State. A perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. A little bit of a questionable pick due to the redundancy with maybe him and Debo Samuel, but I think the way Kyle Shanahan looks at it, it's more versatility. So, you know, average size, good frame, very good athleticism, speed, movement skills. He's got really good length for his height and yak ability, great returner, wins at all three levels. Playmaker on screens, jet sweeps, and the rounds. Good route running, separation, quickness, inside, outside capabilities, and can uh, starter capabilities as well. The next one was interesting because at pick number 26, the Green Bay Packers trade up from where they are, and they select quarterback Jordan Love out of Utah State. Good size and frame, good athleticism and mobility, great arm talent in terms of velocity and strength, can throw on the move and play off script, can make every NFL throw, quick release from multiple platforms, average accuracy, he's got to improve the decision-making, going for progressions, cutting back turnovers. When I was on the Harris Football Podcast, we talked about Jordan Love, and I was more excited than most people about Jordan Love, but I said, and Chris agreed with me, he's not ready to play right now. And we talked about the Colts maybe in the second round because they had drafted Phillip Rivers. You know, this is the ideal landing spot. Now, the rumors after the selection were that Aaron Rodgers was outraged by this. 
we'll see what happens in that regards, you know. But if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for the next two or three years and Jordan Love is waiting in the wings, I mean, that might be the perfect scenario for him to develop into the, the type of quarterback that he needs to be in order to be a franchise quarterback. So it was really interesting. At pick 27, the Seattle Seahawks select linebacker Jordan Brooks. Uh, Jordan Brooks was a little bit of a late riser. Uh, you heard him getting some some late round one buzz or early round two, the, the linebacker from Texas Tech. Uh, average size, but he's got a good frame, good to very good athleticism, movement skills, agility and quickness. He's got good range and instincts and play recognition, above average play strength, good production, four-year starter. He, to me, he's a, he's a starting capable inside linebacker. At pick 28, I don't know how the Ravens get this lucky, but the Ravens sit there at pick 28 and linebacker from LSU, Patrick Queen, falls into their laps. While he's got average, while he's got average size and frame, he's got very good athleticism, movement skills, change of direction and agility. He's got sideline to sideline range. He's got good play strength, very good instincts and play recognition, good in run support and cover skills. He's a three down linebacker, immediate starter at inside linebacker or weak side linebacker. At pick 29, one of the more obvious picks in round one of the draft, the Tennessee Titans select offensive tackle from Georgia, Isaiah Wilson, the ideal right tackle replacement for Jack Conklin, who they lost in free agency. He's got great size and frame, above average athleticism and movement skills for the size. He's got great length, very good play strength, power, toughness, and finishing ability. He's a good run blocker. Best in a power gap run scheme, starting right tackle immediately, like I said, for, for Jack Conklin. At pick number 30, Miami Dolphins make their third first round selection of the draft, and they select cornerback Noah Igibiani. Average size, good frame, good to very good athleticism, movement skills, closing burst and speed. He's got good play strength, physicality. Helpful in the run support and toughness. He's got good recovery skills with average ball skills. And then in a bonus, he's got kick return skills. I think the thing about Igibiani is that most people thought he might be a early to mid second round pick. But instead of going in the second round, uh, the cornerback from Auburn slides into the late part of round one, has some things to work on in terms of technique issues, still learning the position completely, but a lot of upside there. And I think that's what led to Miami making the selection. At pick 31, the Vikings select cornerback at a TCU, Jeff Gladney. Average size, a little bit below average frame. He's got to add to that, but he's got good athleticism and movement skills, good instincts and play recognition, very good cover skills, and closing and recovery speed. He shows the ability to press. He's got good length and ball skills, average tackling and run support, starter on the outside or the inside. And last but not least, the Kansas City Chiefs select running back out of LSU, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, while undersized. He's got a good frame, good play strength, contact balance, Shows good power, toughness, and finishing ability. He's got good athleticism, short area burst, and cutting ability. Only has average speed, but not that important. Got great vision and patience. And he's a great receiving ability with a three-down running back skill set. 
the impact he is going to have in that Kansas City Chiefs offense. So now the Kansas City Chiefs, who just won the Super Bowl, now add a versatile pass-catching running back who can play on all three down in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. First running back taken, and it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, really intriguing by that. You know, I think it was a really interesting draft. It started out pretty chalky, and then it kind of, you know, got shaken up as the round went on. I know in the draft projections notebook where I try to guess the two prospects to be taken in round one, I actually only got 24 to 32 this year. Uh, missed on DeAndre Swift. Did, I had him going. He didn't go. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who I had is my number one running back who just missed being in the top 32. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, who was the first wide receiver I thought, uh, could go that I didn't include in my five. He was also a guy I missed on. I had Ezra Cleveland going, the offensive tackle. He didn't get picked. I had, uh, Yatir Gross Matos. Uh, the edge rusher out of Penn State, he didn't get picked. I had Ross Blacklock, the pass rushing defensive tackle at TCU, he didn't get picked. Uh, and Jalen Johnson, the cornerback out of Utah, and Xavier McKinney, the do-it-all safety out of Alabama, uh, were a couple other guys I thought were going to get taken in round one. They did not. They were replaced, what I said, by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Brandon Ayuk, Jordan Brooks, Jeff Gladney, Noah Igibiani, and uh, Damon Arnett. Uh I think our net was the only real surprise. All the other, the five, the other ones, um, that went there, I don't think were all that surprising, uh, you know, in terms of what happened. So, you know, I think it was, you know, those guys in particular, uh, were the big ones. And sorry, that was 26 out of 32. Uh, that I got. I missed six of them. So 26 out of 32. The only one that I didn't have of the six that I missed, uh, as just missed was Damon Arnett, who I thought was more of a mid to late second round pick. Uh, and I did not have him on my list of other guys that could potentially be in play. Uh, if we take this forward to looking at tomorrow and best available players, there's a lot of really top players that are going to be going off the board tomorrow night. We had four quarterbacks go off the board tonight. I expect three to go tomorrow. Jalen Hurts, Jacob Eason, and Jake Fromm. I'd be interested to see if another one uh, jumps up in there. At the running back position, we only had one tonight, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think tomorrow we could have five at least. I think DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, and Cam Akers are locks. So that would be, you know, those four are locks. And then keep an eye on Darrington Evans in the third round. If anybody else sneaks in, I think it would be someone from the A.J. Dillon, Eno Benjamin, Zach Moss grouping. At wide receiver, we had six tonight. The, the first six that I thought were going to come off the board did come off the board uh, as the first six that I expected. Uh, and they, But tomorrow we could have another 10 to 12 wide receivers selected. Guys, keep an eye out are T. Higgins, Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman Jr., K.J. Hamler, LaVisca Chenault, Chase Claypool, uh, Antonio Gibson, Lynn Bowden Jr., Brian Edwards, Van Jefferson, and Devin DuVernay uh, are guys that I project to go tomorrow. And also keep an eye out on uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones as well. Would not be surprised to see him sneak into the mix. The tight end position, guys I'm expecting to go tomorrow are Cole Komet. Adam Trapman, Harrison Bryant, and potentially Albert Okuwebenam. If anybody else sneaks in besides those four, I'd expect it to be Devin Asiasi or Hunter Bryant. At the offensive line position, so we had uh, 
Six offensive tackles and the number one center come off the board. So seven off the board. I would expect another 10 to 12 uh, at least tomorrow. Guys that I'd be looking out for are Ezra Cleveland, I mentioned before, Josh Jones. Those are two offensive tackles. Matt Hennessy and Lloyd Cushenberry, the top centers remaining on the board. Uh, Robert Hunt, the top guard uh, available with John Simpson, the second best guard available. And then other tackles who I think are going to come off the board tomorrow are Louis uh, Niang, Matt Pert, uh, Ben Barch, Prince Tega, Wanahogo, and Sadiq Charles. So those are the guys I expect to come off the board. Also keep an eye out on Nick Harris, the center, and then a couple guards, Damian Lewis and Jonah Jackson as well. We only had two edge rushers go. So I think tomorrow we're going to see a little bit of a run on that. Expect Gross Matos, who I talked before about. I expect him to come off the board early on day two. Same thing with Zach Bond, uh, Josh Yucci, uh, Darrell Taylor from Tennessee, Julian Aquara from Notre Dame, Jabari uh, Zangia out of Florida, uh, Jonathan uh, Reynard also out of Florida, Curtis Weaver out of Boise State, and Bradley and I out of Utah are guys that I expect to come off the board tomorrow. If anybody else sneaks in, keep an eye on Travis Gibson and Alex Highsmith. In terms of the defensive line, only two tonight, Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw. I expect a big run tomorrow on defensive linemen. And that's Ross Blacklock, A.J. Epinesa, Marlon Davidson, Neville Gallimore, Jordan Elliott, Justin uh, Matabukwe, Raekwon Davis, James Lynch are guys that I consider locks to go tomorrow. A couple other guys I think could come off the board, uh, McTelvin, Agim, and Devon Hamilton. And then also keep an eye on a couple other guys like Lakey Fotu, Jason Strobridge, uh, and Laurel Merchinson. At the linebacker position, we had four guys tonight. I think we expected Vareed. Jordan Brooks was the one that snuck in this tonight. I expect tomorrow to be a handful of other guys. Logan Wilson, uh, Willie Gay Jr., Akeem Davis-Gaither, I think, are locks. I also expect Davion Taylor, Jacob Phillips, and Malik Harrison to come off the board as well. No one else, I think, sneaks in there. Uh, Troy Dye would be the next one that I'd keep my eye out on. At the cornerback position, we had six tonight. I think tomorrow you'll see early Jalen Johnson Trayvon Diggs, Christian Fulton. I think in round three, you have a shot to see Cameron Dantzler, Reggie Robinson, Troy Pride, Darnay Holmes, uh, and, and Josiah Scott. Keep an eye also on Bryce Hall and Amik Robertson. And at the safety position, no safeties tonight. I expect a run tomorrow. Seven safeties at least I expect to come off the board tomorrow. Xavier McKinney, Jeremy Chin, Antoine Winfield Jr., Grant Delpit, Kyle Duggar, Ashton Davis, and Terrell Burgess would be the guys that I expect to come off the board uh, tomorrow from the safety position. If we take a quick fantasy spin at what we start tonight, I think in terms of the quarterbacks, I think Joe Burrow is obviously uh, the one that I think I'd put at the top. Also, he's probably going to start immediately. Uh, so I think he's the guy that uh, would have the most fantasy value, but two is not that far behind. You just got to wait a little bit longer on Tua. So Herbert is, is intriguing. I think uh, Tyra Taylor will probably start the year out. But in a super flex, you probably expect all three of them to go in the top 12 picks of any super, fre- uh, super uh, flex or two-quarterback dynasty rookie draft. Jordan Love is an intriguing one because you're probably going to have to wait on him for a while, which will probably push him a little bit down the boards uh, in dynasty rookie drafts. 
At the running back position, only one to talk about tonight, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who immediately right now is penciled in at the 1.01 pick. It'll be interesting to see if anybody can take that mantle from him from the running backs tomorrow. I would not expect any wide receiver to take it if he's ahead of all the wide receivers from tonight. At the wide receiver position, I think it's a little interesting because, you know, Jerry Judy lands in Denver. They have a really good receiver there already in Cortland Sutton. So how does that play itself out? I think it probably hurts Cortland Sutton's upside. But how good Cortland Sutton is could in the long run cap, I don't think hurt too much, but could cap Jerry Judy's upside because they could really legitimately have a one-two punch there and not really just a number one. C.D. Lamb, the guy whose value is now, I think, the one that's going to really cause the fantasy community uh, to be split because on talent alone, he was many people's number one or number two wide receiver. But now he goes to Dallas, who obviously we know they love feeding Ezekiel Elliott. They just re-signed Amari Cooper to a long, big-term deal. And Michael Gallup was a really good number two receiver. So even if Michael Gallup becomes the number three wide receiver and C.D. Lamb eventually takes over the starting job, you know, what is what is that? How much is left? I remember I vouched and argued a lot for Calvin Ridley saying Atlanta had plenty to go around for him and Julio Jones. But they didn't have a third wide receiver nearly as skillful as, you know, uh, Michael Gallup. They also weren't a run-heavy uh, a team that wants to run and have a elite running back that they just gave a monster contract to. So Lamb's going to be an interesting one, you know, so that's something that I think is going to, you know, I wouldn't, I would definitely take Judy over Lamb now in terms of fantasy. So I, I wonder if that becomes more of the norm. Henry, Henry, Doug, Henry Ruggs the third in Las Vegas is really interesting. Gruden's going to find a way to utilize him and maximize his skill set, but he, but Carr and him, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, don't really, you know, fit well together. So it's going to be interesting to see how they maximize Henry Ruggs' skill set completely. Obviously, they're going to get him the ball a lot, you know, on end-the-rounds, jet sweeps, touch passes, slants, any way they can. But is he going to be able to have Carr be willing to throw the ball vertically and take advantage of that rare game-breaking speed? Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, he basically steps into the role of Stefan Diggs. You know, it's a little interesting because I think Justin Jefferson is best inside the slot, but I also think that's where Adam Thielen's best in. So, and they're a very run-oriented team. So it'd be interesting to see. I think Jefferson has good upside there, but I'm curious to see if their plans are to have him exclusively play on the outside because I do think that's where Thielen's best too. So I think Jefferson's value is is good. But I, I think there's a little some question marks there. So there's a question mark in Jefferson because his best position is the slot. How much is he going to play in the slot? There's a question mark with Henry Ruggs because of Carr's incapabilities to be thrown vertically. There is some question marks about C.D. Lamb because of the landing spot and opportunity and how quickly he can maximize and become the fantasy impact player we want him to be. Jerry Judy, I think, is in the best of the situations uh, of those guys, but he still could be capped a little bit by a young quarterback uh, and a wide receiver that's now established as a very good wide receiver in Corlin Sutton. And then the fifth wide receiver, even though he was the fourth one taken, Jalen Rager. He might be in the best situation. Philadelphia needed a guy who can play like this, who could win vertically, win at all three levels of the field, make things happen after the catch. I think Jalen Rager really ended up in an ideal landing spot there in Philadelphia. He intrigues me. And then Brandon Ayuk with San Francisco, I love the versatility. I think Kyle Shanahan is going to find ways to use him all over the field. But I just question him and Debo in the same receiver group. You know, obviously they're going to – 
I thought maybe they'd be looking for more of a bigger, true, you know, X wide receiver. But I think they look at they look at Debo Samuel and they see a lot of versatility. One's probably going to play the flanker position. One's probably going to play the slot. They're going to inter. They're going to be interchangeable. They're going to be used in so many different ways. We sort of effect that Debo Samuel had in the Super Bowl on end the rounds and jet sweeps. We're going to see that with Brandon Ayuk. Uh, and Brandon Ayuk is still a developing player as well. Uh, but I like the landing spot because I trust Kyle Shanahan, but I do wonder if there's a little bit of redundancy, like I mentioned earlier, with him and Debo Samuel. So th- that's the fantasy spin. I mean, the end of tomorrow's after rounds two and three, I mean, there's going to be so much fantasy stuff to get into because, you know, like I said, I think we're talking about another 10, 12 to 10 to 12 wide receivers. We're talking four to six running backs tomorrow, a few more quarterbacks, and we're talking about four or five tight ends. So a lot, a lot out there uh, in, or in terms of the fantasies go after rounds two and three. Guys, hope you're, hope you're liking this coverage. I know I picked up a bunch of new followers tonight on Twitter. Please make sure you're following along with me on Twitter. I'll be live tweeting my thoughts on every single pick, rounds one through seven. There'll be a Saturday to Sunday football podcast after each day of the NFL draft that launches then the next morning. Going through everything, and then we'll have shows next week. Still not too late to check out the Saturday to Sunday premium notebooks. The draft projections notebook will come in very handy on days two and three of the NFL draft and during the UDFA signing period. Uh, you get their scouting notebook, which has all our scouting profiles. You get our rankings notebook, which will have all our different rankings. And after tomorrow night, I'll start working on uh, Dynasty Rookie rankings and then update that, you know, as day three happens as well. And then the end of April, you get the freshman notebook, which will have our thoughts on many of the incoming freshmen uh, that hopefully are going to play college football this year. So, Again, please, guys, if you get a chance, go check out the uh, first hour and then listen to the whole thing because the content is great. But get over to Football Guys. Check out the first hour where Matt and I uh, were privileged to join Sigmund Bloom and Matt Waldman on the live uh, draft coverage over there at the Audible. You can search by uh, Football Guys on YouTube and you can see the video. So check that out as well. So on behalf of Matt, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nicano, and myself. I hope you enjoyed night one of the NFL draft. And I look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.